The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning. It is Friday, July 23rd. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. So about a week ago, you know, I reached out to 24-7 Sports National College football reporter Brandon Marcello about coming on today's episode to talk about Big Ten Media Days. He's there right now in Indianapolis. We've covered all the media days so far. Day one for the Big Ten is in the books. It would have been really a perfect episode to come out with Friday morning before day two begins. Plus, look, it made sense to talk about the Big Ten, especially since I have an interest with it. Rutgers obviously being in the Big Ten and my boy Greg Schiano is talking tomorrow morning. But then on Wednesday, the college football world completely pivoted away from all the media days to a report by the Houston Chronicle that Texas and Oklahoma reached out to the SEC about leaving the Big 12 and joining college football's top conference. So with college football switching focus, we decided to do the same. So joining me now to discuss this revelation and frankly, all things regarding it is Brandon Marcello. Brandon, how are we doing? How's Indy? Thanks so much for coming on. Indy's great. I've been here many times for uh, the NFL Combine. This is my first Big Ten Media Day, so I'm enjoying it. I guess before we start, has there been buzz about this at Big Ten Media Days? You know, has a has there been a little you know talk between reporters or even talk with coaches about everything that's kind of been going on with Texas and Oklahoma? Yeah, in fact, I think it was the very first question asked of Kevin Warren, uh, the commissioner of the Big Ten today. And it's one of those situations where it's just going to hover over anything college athletics until, well, even after uh, anything becomes official. So let's start with this. Can you just first and foremost, give a brief recap of what you know and what you've heard regarding this report? And I guess just what your initial reaction was to this potentially landscape changing report. Yeah, this is a situation where th- this could change uh, everything. And th- and, that- and that's saying something, continuing all the sea changes we've seen just here in this offseason with NIL, the Austin case, and now potentially the SEC uh, expanding further. I think we're moving closer and closer to the day uh, the top 64, 65 programs in the country break away from the NCAA and start governing themselves. And listen, uh, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner's kind of laid the groundwork already kind of for that happening, even though he says that's not something they want to do or they've been looking at. But when he speaks of wanting to restructure the governance program of the NCAA so that they can maybe decentralize things and go sport by sport when governing these sports, it's very obvious that they're not going to be able to get everybody on board uh, with the 300 plus schools in the NCAA. That's a lot of lead work. And the easiest way maybe to do that is to say, hey, we're just going to take our ball and go home. 
create a bigger conference and then maybe kind of join forces with other conferences, create our own thing and uh, be able to not only govern ourselves, but who knows, maybe even become like a such a solid group that you can collectively bargain for media rights even kind of like the NFL and other leagues. So we're entering new territory here, but as things have kind of become more professionalized in amateur athletics with NIL and everything, kind of makes sense that we're hearing this conversation about expansion once again, because everybody is is concerned about the bottom dollar and being as strong as possible going into this new frontier. Now, some may say, and at first I agreed with this, that look, this is just a report. It's not going to happen. We've seen similar things in the past, but what we've also learned in the past is that when there is smoke, there is oftentimes fire. And in fact, I saw it from Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports earlier. The Big 12 ADs and CEOs met at five today to discuss the situation. A, a call Texas and Oklahoma to add on to it are, are not going to be on. So to me, there's clearly something brewing. Would you agree that this is way more than just mere talk? And what do you think the likelihood is based off the information you know for the Big 12's two most prestigious universities, they might join the SEC and basically, like you mentioned, kind of create a, a super conference of sorts. Yeah, I think we're we can look to the past to see, you know, whether this is all going to come together. And look, 10 years ago, it almost seemed like a certainty that Texas and uh, and Oklahoma, maybe even Oklahoma State, were going to join the Pac-10. That didn't happen. It kind of imploded. And so I almost think that you know, when we saw that news break on Wednesday from the Houston Chronicle, uh, I think it's very clear that it was leaked by someone with Texas A&M ties in an effort to kind of kind of throw salt and dirt in the eyes of of the SEC and the, those two programs to show that, hey, there's going to be some pressure here and maybe to have this deal fall through. Not to say there is a deal, but I think right now I'm leaning more, you know, over the 50% range right now, I think. But it's clear that both schools want to join. Uh, I think it's clear that the SEC is very open to it. It's just a matter of trying to bust through all this red tape and and doing so before maybe some other outside factors get, you know, uh, discussed here. So money is going to be the big issue, of course. But, you know, Texas and OU seem to have a pretty good idea of what that is going to look like with the SEC compared to what they're seeing at the Big 12. But, you know, who knows? Something might pop up here. You know, the ACC might swoop in. Maybe the Big 10 swoops in. I, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. But when it comes to business dealings, and we now we know publicly that OU and Texas are looking to get out, that could certainly change things because now it's public, everybody knows, and uh, it's not a secret dealing anymore. So you mentioned Texas A&M. Um, and that brings me to my next question. Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork told reporters at SEC Media Days that they want to be the only SEC team from Texas, which, look, I completely understand. If I were him, I, I'd want the same thing. You know, I wouldn't want Texas coming in to the conference that I moved into being that, and I know Texas A&M fans are not going to want to hear this, that kind of big brother, right, to Texas A&M. Look, they clearly don't want Texas in the conference. What role do they play in potentially stopping this from happening? You know, is there even anything they can do to make it so that Texas can't join the SEC and has no choice but to either stay in the Big 12 or choose a different conference? You know, historically, the SEC has almost had an unofficial rule that if they are to, expe to expand and add different teams into the conference they must do so with a unanimous vote that all 14 schools in this this essence here would have to approve it. Now, saying that, the actual official bylaw is 75% of the member institutions have to approve it, which would be 11 of the 14 schools. So if A&M truly wants to block this and we get to that point, 
A&M is going to need two other schools to join them in this effort. And I think it's entirely possible that they get that, or excuse me, three other schools, not just two. I think it's possible they could get that. I believe that Mizzou and Arkansas would be open to it. And I do believe that the Mississippi schools would potentially be open to it too. Not to say they commit to it, but they'd be open to it. And so those would be the votes to really look at at, at that point. Having said that, it's also interesting. There's been other reports from ESPN and AL.com speaking to the former chancellor at Texas A&M who was there when they left the Big 12 for the SEC at Texas A&M. And back then, the conversations with Commissioner Mike Slivey said were that they didn't want to bring in schools when the SEC was expanding at that time that already have an SEC member institution. So that meant no Florida State because they already had Florida because Florida didn't want Florida State in there. They're not going to want that. Same with Clemson and South Carolina. That was another issue. So they went after Texas A&M to get that Texas footprint because they didn't have a Texas school. So now we're in this area with a new or newer, I should say, uh, commissioner and Greg Sankey, where we're dealing with obviously a school from the same state wanting to join the SEC. And so that goes completely against what was being discussed during the first round, the last round, I should say, of expansion and realignment. I don't think that's going to stop things, though. I think that that's a different line of thinking that is not truly a representative of what college sports looks like today. So I think what you're going to see is if this goes down the line, you're going to see a very private and also sometimes public campaign by A&M to try and get those votes to block this from happening. In the end, I think, quote unquote, everybody will be on board because even when A&M and Mizzou joined the conference uh, 10 years ago, not everybody was on board, but the vote was 12 nothing. So I think something similar will happen. I mean, you cannot pass up Oklahoma and Texas if you're at the SEC. You can't, and money talks. And if it's going to bring more money in while Texas A&M says they're not on board now, like you said, money talks, and you know the money might talk and push Texas A&M to saying, you know what, for the good of the SEC and for bringing in more dollars, which is ultimately you know the the goal. Uh, let's do it. And I guess you know Oklahoma State. On the other hand, is, is they're sort of in a similar position to Texas A&M, but different at the same time. They'd be losing their in-state rival, but they released the statement saying how disappointed they'd be if Oklahoma left for the SEC. And you you also mentioned in a story you wrote about this on Wednesday that for so long, OU and Oklahoma State were basically tied at the hip. Is that still the case? You know, would Oklahoma State, I guess, be able to do anything or make a push in any way to try to keep Oklahoma? The word is, is that they don't necessarily have that power or that in play anymore. The political landscape, so to speak, uh, in the state of Oklahoma has changed. It used to be that there were some very powerful people with a lot of sway that would get that done uh, to stop Oklahoma from joining a conference without taking Oklahoma State with them. So I don't think that'll be a roadblock at all for OU. I think OU, of between the two schools, OU and Texas, OU has the clearest path at this point to join the SEC. Having said that, I'm not so sure that, uh, you know, uh, this isn't a group deal that's going to have to be both or none. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that actually made me think, is this, could we potentially see, I know obviously they're reported Oklahoma and Texas, but what's to say the SEC says, all right, we're not going to get Texas, but Oklahoma, come on in. You know, what's to say the SEC doesn't do that? If it becomes clear to the SEC that they are not going to have the votes among their leadership, or there's just going to be too much bad blood there. For Texas to join, mostly because of A&M and its allies, then sure, they would certainly just take OU and then go find another team at some point, maybe at the same time. Having said that, 
I do wonder if OU would not find the SEC as enticing if Texas doesn't join them. Because what you're asking of OU is, come join the SEC and we'll let you know later who the other team that's going to be joining you will be. What if it's not quite up to snuff and it's not getting them the type of money they're expecting because of Texas as a second draw? So Brandon, a couple more from me. Is there a timeline, I guess, for this to happen? Because, you know, as I mentioned before, things seem to be moving along and that this is not just a once every few years rumor that, you know, Team X could be moving to a different conference that kind of pop up here and there. This legitimately looks like it very well could get done. But now the question is, if that's true and something is in the works and something is more greater than 50% likely to happen, when does it happen? Uh, That's a great question. From what I've been told is that Texas and Oklahoma would like to see this thing through the current television deal with the Big 12, which would be through 2025, till 2025. Could it happen sooner? Certainly, but I think that's a good date. It's also a really big year as far as college athletics and particularly college football, because for the SECs, especially, you're looking at rotation and scheduling changes that will need to be approved uh, after the 2025 season uh, in college football, even without expansion. Also, the college football playoff most likely will be expanded to 12 teams starting in 2026. That might happen sooner, but that's another date for for almost for certain at this point. It's the latest it would be uh, expanded with the college football playoff. So I think that uh, 2025, where we're sitting here right now today in 2025, it's college football is going to look completely different and it's all going to happen pretty much in one failed swoop. But having said that, money will dictate this. If there's an opportunity for OU and Texas to get out of the Big 12 and not face a financial, a huge financial penalty, they will probably do so sooner than later. But as it stands now, OU and Texas would owe them uh, the Big 12, I I think a hundred plus million dollars a piece if they were to bolt the Big 12. But discussions can be had and they can knock that that price down, so to speak, to be able to buy their freedom. So last one for me, Brandon, what does this mean for conference realignment in general? Is this potentially, if it happens, the beginning of the end for the Big 12, similar to like what happened to the Big East all those years ago, where teams besides Texas and Oklahoma will also look to move. And we may just end up with four super conferences, so to speak, where the SEC obviously gets Texas and Oklahoma, and then the Big 10, ACC, and Pac-12 kind of pick their teams from the Big 12 to also take in. Yeah, I'm not, see, I'm not sure though about like, I don't know if this would signify, hey, the Pac-12 and the Big 10 need to expand because the SEC has expanded. I think you can potentially dilute your product, dilute your conference if you expand and you do so in a hurry and you end up adding the quote unquote wrong team. So for example, you know, what if the Big 10, I'm just throwing schools out there. I, I, this hasn't been told to me. Well, like the Big Ten tries to add UCF and Cincinnati or something like that. Those schools just don't fit what you historically would consider the Big Ten. But what if they do it just so they can up their numbers? Well, in the long run, they might get a little bit extra money, but it's not the type of money that they could have gotten if they were more patient in expansion. I do think in the end, all the conferences are going to continue working together And as I said, the elite programs are going to be the ones that are going to have more bargaining power when it comes to TV deals, but also when they try to figure out this new structure for governance, whether it's with the NCAA or not. And I'm leaning more toward it not being with the NCAA in 10 years. And in 10 years, all these Power Five conferences, or however many there will be at that point, are going to be formed under one umbrella 
maybe not conference, you know, specific, not a 64 team conference or 65 team conference, but one in which they're all working together to get a bigger piece of the pie when it comes to money and obviously in the way they handle things legislative. So I don't know is the simple answer to that. I don't know if the Pac-12 expands. I don't know if the ACC expands or the Big Ten. I do think that the big question, though, is how do these other commissioners handle this news? Because this is legacy-defining type of moves happening. These moves, if the Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC, will define Greg Sankey in the SEC as the commissioner. You got George Kalavkov, who just was hired in July as the Pac-12 commissioner. He's going to be defined by how he responds to this and how he decides whether to move forward with his own expansion and trying to find a way to be more profitable with their own television deal. And to do that is by adding powerful programs. But Kent, does the Pac-12 have not necessarily the pick of the litter, but an opportunity to, to add one or two teams that are very good? I don't know. Same with the Big Ten. Kevin Warren, very new in his job. He's about a year plus into it, and he's also been heavily criticized. Remember, he canceled the Big Ten season hey, last year. As a Big year. Ten fan, I am—I can't say much of a Kevin Warren fan. So, <laughs> yeah, and he said at Big Ten Media Days, by the way, he would—he does not regret any of his decisions made last year, and he would do the same thing again, which has drawn a lot of criticism again for him. So anyway, having said that, he will be defined, fair or not, by what he does with expansion and all that. So these will be the first dominoes. And how does the Big Ten react is really my big question, not the Pac-12 or ACC. How does the Big Ten react? Because I think the Big Ten is in the best position to react and to be as strong or maybe just below the SEC when it comes to expansion talk and realignment because they have one strong traditions, but also an opportunity as a centrally located conference to add, have, add some very, very good programs. If I was the Big Ten, if I was Kevin Warren, I would be doing my best at this very moment and trying to take Texas and OU away from the SEC and Big 12. I would come swooping in. I would promise them the world. I would be an aggressor in this whole situation. And if that doesn't happen, I'm also putting out feelers to other programs. I'm trying to, I would be trying to cut the knees out from the SEC right now, or at the very least be in a position to automatically respond, you know, the same year the SEC expands. So, but Kevin Warren has not shown that type of tenacity as the commissioner. Look, there's so much intrigue. And again, as a Big Ten fan, as an alum of a Big Ten school, you know, I remember when Rutgers was invited to the Big Ten and I was very ecstatic for it. And I remember my freshman year, Rutgers, it was their first year in the Big Ten. And it would definitely be interesting to see if the Big Ten, well, if the SEC were to expand and obviously taking Texas, Oklahoma, what the Big Ten would do and which schools would be joining the Big Ten conference. You know, I have I have some ideas, you know, I've been floating around, I guess, Iowa State, because you can keep that Iowa, Iowa yes, State rivalry. I agree. Uh, Kansas, even although Kansas football is what it is, obviously Kansas basketball would be a huge draw. Now basketball doesn't do the same as football, but basketball is one of those revenue sports. Uh, Cincinnati, you mentioned earlier, too, would definitely be one that I would have interest in, too, if I were the Big Ten. But all these ideas being thrown out, and it's just it's so much fun, I guess, in a way to kind of play roulette with all these various schools and, and place them in conference to conference when look, this Texas, Oklahoma thing is still somewhat in its infancy, but also oh, yeah. on the move. It's, it's just fun to do. And it's not something I feel like we do in college football often, and, but it's, it's fun. And I'll remind people again, I've seen this all transpire before. This could all fall apart in four minutes because when money's involved, you mix it with emotions and with two 
programs as wide as these two that are not say unruly, but it's just, there's so many, there's so many, there's so much weight leaning on this wall, so to speak. And we're trying to see if that wall is going to hold up because it's obvious Texas A&M's trying to chop it down. And what if someone else comes in like the Big Ten or ACC to try and mess things up? Because listen, everybody other than the SEC office and maybe the two schools do not want this to happen. So when people are out to get you, and now it's public, as I said, crazy things happen. And the last time stuff, things like this big came public, it ended up... Uh, really hurting the Pac-10 because the Pac-10 was about to be the first super conference with OU, Texas, Oklahoma State, and potentially others, and it never happened. It fell apart. Yeah, and like you said, it could fall apart within a matter of minutes if Texas A&M gets their allies on board to not allow Texas into the SEC and they get enough votes, then there you go. The dream is dead. So much intrigue with this report, though, and and its potential. And yet I feel that there is obviously so much more to come as Texas and Oklahoma explore a potential move to the SEC. You can follow him on Twitter at BMarcello. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate the time. Remember that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think, if you have any questions, any ideas for a topic, or if you haven't heard your favorite team yet. My name is Lance Glenn. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. We will be back on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.